Hey guys, welcome to Whip It Out. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host today, Nicole Evans, with the wonderful Sophie James, and we're at the 12th episode of the podcast. 12th episode. We're like, we've got this down now, Nick. We we know what we're doing, ish. (laughs) Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. I've got no idea. I wing it every single week. So who watched Unlock this weekend? Who enjoyed it? I did. Oh, I was there. <laughs> I was present. I was present. I am. Um, from a viewer's point of view, how did you think it was? It was great. I didn't watch all of it. Um, I was in and out and I'm going to catch up with some more in the next, uh, over the next week or so. But I think the speakers did amazingly. And you and Ryan did amazing like it was hard work especially with all different nationalities different time zones different um everything it was just brilliant so well done you hats off to you nick i am so tired sophie <laughs> <laughs> i can't the last time i felt this this tired was after i gave birth <laughs> oh gosh well you did give birth this weekend you gave birth to groomers unlocked <laughs> i just i feel like all i need now is a lukewarm cup of tea and some toast <laughs> brilliant did you get that after you give birth um yeah toast toast after birth yeah no I can't I don't really drink tea I'm probably one of the only people that don't drink a hot drink in the morning you know it's it's funny because on unlocked I did um some fantastic facts about each country and did you know Sophie that the Brits drink the most tv the, the most tv the most tea in the world with over 600 million cups per day Wow, that's crazy. Like, I, I would love to know if anyone else is in the same mindset as me. I find tea a bit of a fat. You have to get the tea bag, you have to get the milk, you have to get the sugar, then you have to boil the kettle, then you have to wait, then you have to... And to me, I'd just rather just pour myself a drink, a ready-made drink. I always forget the kettle, then I forget that you have to leave the tea to cool down a bit before you drink it, and then I forget it, and yeah. Sophie, I feel like you're reading too much into this. I feel like tea, to you, is like a mountain you need to climb. Tea should be something that you go to when you need a nice warm hug in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, well, we found another thing that we differ on, hey. (laughs) Who likes tea? Let's have a poll about who likes tea. There'll be some coffee drinkers out there. Plot twist. <laughs> what we do you know to? what you do need if if you struggle with boiling the kettle? Is you need one of those, um, you know, them taps. Yeah. yeah. So we're getting our extension next year, and I've said to my husband that that's one thing I really want, and he's like, "You don't even drink tea." I was like, "But I would if I just had to." literally flick a switch you can even get taps now that have like um the soda stream so you have the soda stream and the heat and cold so you could do whatever you want with a tap shut up is that true yeah they're very expensive mine but i'll save my pennies Oh my, that, do you know, I, that's one thing that I've said to Rye is that I really, really want in my kitchen is it because I drink so much tea it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. Like, my my teeth are going to be so stained from tea like and that's all I drink all day maybe I need to, to like just start drinking some water yeah maybe so like, <laughs> we'll be 
anyway. We could talk forever about stuff like this. So let's move on. So yes, we had unlocked this weekend. Um, I flew over to Northern Ireland in Northern Ireland in Ryan Lee's hometown. And at Soph, I got trapped like a queen. I bet you did. Ryan's husband, Gareth, is amazing. Like he is the hostess with the mostest. He brought you cocktails. Did he give you a roast? Did he give you a roast Yes, yes. So I had everything. For the the first time in my life, I got breakfast in bed. Oh my days. You got a treat better than I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, breakfast in bed. I got a traditional Ulster fry. Yeah. I got constant cocktails tea coffee anything that I wanted brought to me he was even like Nicole would you like a cup of tea I can't make one until quarter past 11 because I'm working but I will bring you one up as soon as I'm finished work <laughs> it's just so funny like I don't think Ryan realizes how good he's got it so Gareth if you're listening hats off to you mate come and marry me instead <laughs> I don't think you've got the bits and pieces that Gareth wants, but yeah. um, I he definitely has the bits and pieces that I want, which is a man who can cook. <laughs> <laughs> so did you also, Sophie? So I, I, some people might have followed this on Facebook, but I went live from Ryan and Gareth's karaoke bar. Yeah, yeah. And they have bras hanging from their ceiling in the in the bar. Do they? Yeah. Oh, that must have been after you left, but they've got like the granny's bra. They've got the mum's bra. Any guests that come always leave a bra. (laughs) That wasn't there when I was there. (laughs) So um, I left mine and Gareth promptly put it on. But the thing with Gareth is that Ryan said to me, Gareth will treat you like an absolute queen, but he needs the feedback. He needs to know that he's doing a really good job. So upon departure, I left Gareth a feedback sheet. <laughs> Did you actually? How funny. Yeah. Because he bought me some potato cakes or some potato, um, potato bread. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, oh, absolutely amazing. I absolutely love them. So he bought me them and he said, there you go. That's your fuck off gift. So I knocked ten, I knocked ten points off him for that for that comment. Yeah, um, yeah, that's not. But he did get an additional one thousand six hundred points for other areas. So I don't think he was too distressed <laughs> about the minus ten points. But no, if anybody ever wants to go over to Ireland, Gareth and Ryan will have you in their karaoke bar. You'll get treated like a queen's better than a five star hotel, and it costs you nothing. Just your bra, <laughs> just your bra, and make sure it's dirty because they don't like clean ones. <laughs> Brilliant. So this week we have been asking you guys your neglect stories. So we've all been there. It's, it's, I think it's pass and parcel of our job, if that's the right thing, that we all see some dogs in some horrific conditions. And I think we've all been there where we've shed a tear. So we thought we'd talk through some of them today. Yes. Yeah. The thing that always gets me about the dogs that come in that are very clearly neglected and I mean there's obviously different stages of neglect I mean we can we can all turn around and say that people who don't brush the dogs they neglect the dog's coat or somebody who hasn't trimmed the dog's nails they've neglected the nails but these true stories of neglect where they have a dog that comes through their door who is very clearly not having their needs met in every aspect, not just a coat or a nail, or it's these dogs yeah. that come in in absolute pitiful states. I've had a couple. Um, 
the true, true neglect ones, thankfully, touch wood for me, are few and far between. I've maybe dealt with two that have been to the point where I've thought, oh my God, this dog needs to get out of there. Mm. Um, obviously, we deal with neglected courts every day. Um, so we're going to try and hone in on some of the stories that we've got on the Whippet. Yes. So I'll go first. Um, and I want to bring this one to everyone's attention because this one actually went viral um, a few years back, I think it was. And this one's from Kimmy Roberts. Hi, Kimmy. So Kimmy, she said, I attended a groom where the dog that was that neglected, its foot came off in my hand due to extreme matting. His back legs had fused together from feces and urine. Nails had embedded into all its feet like fish hooks. All its teeth had rotted and I had to take the dog from the owner to the nearest vet as the owner didn't want to be involved. They handed all rights over to me and I had to be the one to make the call on having the dog put down. The vet said he didn't stand a chance and I had to sit there holding and crying into this frightened dog who was also blind and old while he died. Still still bothers me to this day whether I did the right thing or not. Absolutely horrible. Like, just, it's, that's just, that's just like the worst story I think I've ever heard in that respect. Like, how distressing. But, Kimmy, if you're listening, like, you did the right thing because you were there in that dog's need at that time and you were holding it. And if that dog was at home and he had passed, like, would anyone have cared? Would anyone have given him any attention? So thank God that the dog was brought to you for you to be there for him. Um, Do you know, this, this sums it up as well because somebody had commented on that thread and saying, oh my God, this is utterly horrific. Please tell me the owner had to face some sort of consequence. And I think this is the frustration that a lot of groomers get is um, Kimmy was told, she reported it to the RSPCA, but they didn't do anything. They told me that if I removed the dog from the property, it's classed as theft and therefore they cannot get involved. I would have had to leave the dog suffering and hopefully they would have turned up. So I think that's a frustration that sometimes as groomers, we feel like our hands are tied in yeah. the sense that we just want to take them dogs. We just want to get them. We want to, you know, take them into our homes, give them a good square meal, get the, all the coat off them, give them a nice bath and, and make them feel loved. And I think sometimes because dogs are seen as property, that if you just take that dog, which many of us want to just take that dog, that it's, you know, we're going to be the ones that end up in the wrong. It's hard as well because sometimes the RSPCA see it as if they brought the dog to be groomed, then the owner is doing the right thing by caring for the dog and paying for it to be groomed, if that makes sense. And yeah. I've been in a couple of situations where I've run the RSPCA and they've said that to me and I'm like, yeah, but this dog comes in the same state like mm -hmm. once every two, three years. Like we're not talking about that once a year matted dog. You're talking about like a dog that... I had dogs again, like their legs are like matted together. And there was this one particular one. And I just, it's that, that heartbreaking moment when they lick you as you're, as you're clipping them off, they're like saying, thank you. And then you have to give them back to the stupid owner. It's just so horrible. Yeah. I mean, I've, the RSPCA do get a lot of flack, especially from groomers, that they don't do enough. Um, I've actually had quite a positive experience with the RSPCA, so I'm going to share it with you. So I personally had this woman who had six Yorkies, and she was, um, I would say she was maybe in her late 50s, early 60s, and she was a sole care of her husband who had lots of medical needs and... Um, 
the dogs never were looked after. I mean, there, it was on occasion where they would, they would they'd all come in smelling of urine and matted to high heaven, teeth rotting. Um, but she used to bring them maybe every 12 weeks, which wasn't enough, but she was still doing as best that, as she could. Um, she did end up bringing me, she used to bring them sort of periodically. So one, like one um, appointment that she would have, she would bring maybe three of them. The next one she would bring four, the next one she would bring four again. And it was like, they were on like a rotation. So really these dogs weren't only getting groomed maybe once every six months. Um, and she ended up bringing a new one one day. And, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this woman cannot look after herself, never mind these dogs. Mm-hmm. And this dog that she brought me, I clipped it off and there was maggots under its coat. Um, mm-hmm. It was so skinny. It was just, it was horrific. It was covered in urine burns underneath its legs. I told her that she needed to bring the rest of the dogs in to me so I could have a look at all of the dogs she brought them in and they were all in the exact same state. Um, I offered and I said to her, I will take the, the, these dogs off you and find them new homes. And she was just like, no, I just love them all so much. So I had to make the, the decision to call the RSPCA because although this woman, I don't believe that she intentionally was being cruel to these dogs. However, I think that she was an animal harder. She constantly kept getting these dogs because on Facebook, she'd taken it upon herself to call her the, the, where we live, the Yorkshire Terrier Rescue. So she was then getting unwanted Yorkshire Terriers and taking them in herself, even though she couldn't look after them. So people were freely giving these dogs to her, rehoming them, thinking that she was going to rehome them to somebody else, but she wasn't. She was hoarding these dogs in her house. And I actually drove round to her house um, because I wanted her to reconsider about giving giving up the dogs because they were in such bad states. Um, and I knocked on the door and, oh my God, when I thought that there were six there, there was so many more, so much more than six there. Really? Uh, yeah. They were literally at every window in a house barking at me. The place was like a bomb site. It was ridiculous. So I, I called the RSPCA. Anyway, long story short, the RSPCA ended up taking all of the dogs off her. They did? Yeah, they literally, I followed up and the RSPCA went round there within 48 hours. They said that she had uh, X amount of time to try and sort it out and they would be back. They went back and she still hadn't sorted any of them out. So they ended up taking all of the dogs off her. Um, She then really awkwardly, she then came into my salon um, about two weeks after, absolutely in tears, going, someone's reported me to the RSPCA. I think it's my neighbour. He's never liked me. And I was like, oh, my God, it was me. And I never admitted it. Yeah. Well, it's hard, isn't it, well, until she listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Awkward. You did the right thing, didn't you, Nick? Because you've managed to help help those dogs, and hopefully they're all in good homes now or out of pain. So it's it is hard, but there are some happy, happy, um, stories. So I've got a happy story. Um, we're, we're airing on the side of happy stories. I think with my mental uh, state at the moment, I need to cope with the happy <laughs> stories. Um, so Emma, my sister, um, has actually written in and she said, hello, Emma. <laughs> um, so she's written, I have a story with a wonderfully happy ending. The owner does love her dogs and unfortunately suffered a period of bad anxiety and depression where her dogs became matted and neglected. 
The embarrassment of the state of the dogs made this worse, and all three Shih Tzu crosses didn't see a groomer in over a year, until the day her father, father rang the salon and helped arrange for them to be booked in. Along came three dogs that you could barely see their eyes. Each took over an hour to clip off as the risk of catching them was so high. But once untangled from their own fur, each had their own very little personality. Fast forward a year later and all three are on regular schedules and really coming on leaps and bounds. One has even had a creative groom as she loves the extra attention. We took the time to listen to our customer, empathise with her story without judgement and build a rapport where she trusts us and the dogs are now well looked after. Not every neglect story has a happy ending, but this one certainly did. Yay! <laughs> There's always them owners that are genuinely don't know what to do for the best and are willing to come in and take that and say you need to do more and then you get them owners that totally pull it out the bag and go yeah and you just want to be like every time they come in you just want to be like yay <laughs> that they actually listen to you they actually listen to you and it's only going to benefit the dogs at the end of the day so I do love a happy ending yeah it's nice to have one and also like like it is that difficult thing for like I know with depression and anxiety you can be more embarrassed at a state that something's got in or like I know some people even have like not brushed their hair because of it and their own hair gets really matted then they get scared to go to the the hairdressers themselves so I think we just gotta make sure that you do not judge people especially in the first time they're bringing the dog to you and try and build rapport rather than just judge yeah I've got one here um, from Lauren Tetstill and she said a dog in for its first groom she's actually posted a picture and that can be found on the Whippet Facebook page um, bred off her first season didn't have a name collected in a crate and peed herself when she saw the owner I offered to her to buy her from the owner an old bloke with a very nice car but he was having none of it I reported to the RSPCA all details fake still get upset about this one yeah I got reported because my dog was dyed pink it's just crazy, isn't it? Just, I just don't understand why people want to have animals if they're going to treat them badly. It's just horrible, horrible. Do you know, for me, right, this is like the worst thing about that story for me was that that poor little dog didn't even have a name. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not the worst part of the story because the dog was obviously neglected, but can you imagine yeah. not giving your dog a name? Like that's just yeah, horrific. Yeah. Right. Susan Perry has um, written in and she's written her own dog called Meg. She comes to me as a groom. I've never smelled or witnessed anything so rank in all my life. Matted, wee and poo, excrement welded into the skin. When she had had been re released from her straitjacket, she ran around my garden with, with my springers like she had been set free. When the owners came to collect, she sat on my knee and dipped her head into sadness. I reported to the RSPCA and they did follow it up. It turns out that she'd been kept in a crate 24-7 for her 12 months of her life. She now lives with me. She is the sweetest, trusting, loving and adorable dog I could wish for, but a bloody fidget on the grooming table. I love that. I, I really would love for people to, um, if we put a post up, I would love to see the dogs that us groomers have rehomed. Yes. Because there's so many that I think every 
groomer has probably be home the dog if not been very tempted or know somebody has so let's have a post where we can all put our dogs i rehomed a doggy um uh, a bichon called milo um and his um mummy had cancer bless her at the time and they weren't able to give him proper attention and he came in matted and i clipped him off and i was just saying it was so funny i was just saying to my colleague kaylee at the time i was like you know what i really want a bichon but i just want to um uh, not um rehome rather or adopt rather than actually buy a puppy again because there's so many dogs that need rehoming but i really want to perfect the bichon trim and i just don't know whether i'll ever get a Bichon that I could rescue and literally knock goes the door client comes in had booked in for this dog to be clipped off and they said look we're not coping we need someone to rehome the dog and I just looked at Kaylee and I rang my husband and I went Chris can you just come to the shop please and he was like I'm working why I was like no please come to the shop and he walked in and I went this is Milo and he went okay so he's ours <laughs> and he went okay and I was like well, that was easy <laughs> I really thought he was gonna hit the roof but he was fine so in the same so a few weeks later we got him um and we moved into our first flat I had an old English puppy that was already planned coming and I rehomed Milo in the same weekend don't they think wow you know it's it's really funny me and Sophie talk about this all the time about how our lives mirror each other because I've got an old English and I rescued a Bichon. She was a Bichon cross, but she was a Bichon. She's more Bichon than anything. She's an absolute dick. Um, and I rescued um, a Bichon from a woman who also had cancer. <laughs> I so, Did you not know that? I didn't know it was because she had cancer. Yeah, yeah it was, she was going through chemo and her oh. husband had bought um, Vegas for her to cheer her up, but obviously couldn't cope. So <laughs> hence why Vegas is in my house, ruining my life and my carpets. <laughs> Bijons. <laughs> yeah. But we definitely do that post. There's loads of other um stories on there. So we've loved having a little read through. I've um, got a story, however, it's not a grooming story. Um cool. so my parents, they're they're landlords, they rent out houses, and there was a specific house that wasn't paying their rent. And my dad kept trying to go around. They weren't answering. They weren't coming to the door, weren't paying the rent. So after three months, he thought, right, enough's enough. I'm going to have to use the master key and go in. And when he went in, they'd completely done a flit and left their animals behind. What? So when they walked in, they had, it was literally as if the owners had just got up and just left in the middle of the night, left all the stuff there. They had a puppy in the front room that had died in its basket um from starvation and they had locked the cat in the kitchen and all of the wood from the door had been scratched off because the cat had been trying to claw its way out and they'd both died oh my goodness i just like with people like that like just open the door and let them out on the streets they'd have a better chance yeah yeah um thankfully the woman was found and she was prosecuted um, but it was just like, even now my mum always speaks about it and how like distressing that was to go in. When they actually first went in, they smelt the smell of obviously decay and they actually thought that they were going in, they were going to find a dead body because obviously the, the rent hadn't been paid, nothing had been moved, but no, the owner had just got up and left and left the animals behind. 
it's just so horrible you could even just like put a note through someone's door and say this is the key I've left dogs can you please go and sort them out like yeah like I'm, I'm leaving or like like when people those things in films and I'm sure people do it when they've left babies on doorsteps because they can't cope like it's much mm-hmm. better to actually give it to someone that would help even if you are too cowardly to actually show your face or you're struggling so much you can't show your face just reach out tell someone and then they can mm-hmm. It. You know, I've, I've actually heard of a few stories and one of them is one of my friends, Nina, where they knew that she was a groomer and they, she used to work from home and one morning she came up to find someone had locked a dog in her shed, knowing that they wanted to give the dog up, but they went into her house knowing that when she found it that she would find somewhere for the dog, safe for the dog. Yeah. yeah. So it's like daft stuff like that and... Um, and I know that there's been a few mobile groomers who've woke up on the morning to find a dog has been tied to the uh, their van. Wow. So if anybody has had that happen, we want to hear from you as well. So let us know if you've had um, any dogs that have been left with you completely anonymously or whether somebody's checked in a dog. This is always my thing is if someone ever checks in a dog and then doesn't come back for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to hear these stories. Like, we really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Sophie's excited about that one. She really wants to know if anybody's ever had a dog not come back. And we want voice notes, okay? So, if you send them to our telephone number, type it in your phone 07520 That's 07520 Sorry, Sophie. You're going to have to do that again. I don't feel like you're putting the effort into it that you used to. Okay, right. Guys, guys, if you'd like to listen to our podcast and have your own voice on it, please send a voice note to 07520 670 797. And that was Holly Willoughby. Oh dear. Yeah, send us a voice note because we do love to hear you. Um... And it's been an exciting week with Grooms a lot, but we've got more stuff coming, haven't you, with the Whippet? What's up? We have. So we've been um, headhunted to do Madromania. So Irish Groomer of the Year. And I've always really wanted to do um, Madromania in... um, so it's, in, it's normally in Southern Ireland. I've always went, really wanted to do it, but never really got the chance to be able to get a dog over there. So this is the perfect opportunity for everybody who's really missing out on doing all of the competitions this year. Um, because we haven't had many. We need something to do, people. So if anybody wants to compete, Madromania will be on the 14th and 15th of November this year. So start growing out your dogs now. Um, It's all fully online, as with Premier Groom. Um, Me and Ryan will be um, putting it all together for you with the normal organisers of Madromania. So, um, yeah, and and as well, which I haven't heard the last of this weekend, is that Ryan is currently the title holder of Irish Groomer of the Year. Brilliant. So that's why he's hosting it this year. That's why he's hosting. He said to me that when I went over to his house, he said... um, if you're good, I might let you touch my trophy. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. The um, ego is just something else. <laughs> so guys, that is, just so you're aware, we want to make this really clear. 
wherever you're listening to, from the world. So we hear there's a lot of you from America and Canada and Australia and all these other places. And we're grateful for your listens, but you can get involved in this event. It's not just for Irish groomers. You can get known in other countries and take part. So definitely check that out. The details will probably be on the web, with it website. Yeah. Yeah, they're not there at the moment. We're going to be releasing them in the next few days. Um, so all of the details for that will be imminent. Um, but it will definitely, a date for your diary, 14th and 15th of November this year. So make sure that you start growing your dogs out in anticipation. It's also worth mentioning that it is Groomfest this weekend as well, which is a completely free event. So make sure that you head over to the Groomfest Facebook page to find out more, because that'll be uh, that should be quite a an interesting one, I think. There's lots of seminars. The girls from the English Groomers Group are going to be doing all of the seminars on there. So that's definitely, definitely not worth missing this weekend for sure. Yeah, and if you haven't already checked out the Whippet um, website, it's www.thewhippetmedia.com and take a look at all the stories and stuff like that. And if you want to send us a voice note about any of the stories that you're reading or anything on the site that you're reading you want to tell us, feel free to. Um, we definitely want people to get involved in that talk about whether you really disagree because we, we're going to have some really hard hitting articles on there and not everybody's going to agree with them if you don't agree with them send us a voice note send us a message let us know about it um and we will speak to you about it next week hopefully so i think that's uh, that's us for today so is that us for today i think so so whip it out whip it out on the facebook page whip it out podcast and make sure that you join us next week whip it out